All right. Knicks, first seven-game win streak since 2012. And you know what? Tonight, Patrick Kane makes his first appearance with the Rangers against the Ottawa Senators tonight. It's Kane night. And, uh, you know, Ethan's going to the game tonight. He wanted to get a Kane jersey, but look at Brunson, who had 30 in the first half last night, 39 for the game. And top it all off, Brunson, I looked up the stats, three games of 30-point games as a Maverick, 16th as a Nick. Dude, seven in a row, they're 10 games over 500. They blew out. They had 81 points in the first half against the Nets. And I said something to Javi about it. Javi goes to New Jersey Nets because, you know, hey, they went to two finals there. So you you can't rip them all the time. But that they're actually going in the opposite direction and giving up a shitload of points. A shitload. I mean, the Nets, there's a stat here where the, yeah, so the 81-57, they tied a franchise record that four times previously the the Knicks with 14 three-pointers in the first half they were 14 of 20 and the yeah crazy they said that also there's nine players last was last play was Pascal Siakam in the last 10 years have earned all NBA without being selected in an all-star game will Brunson be the 10th and yeah seven in a row I said since 2012 Brunson 39 15 for 18 bing bong like crazy Randall at 21 Robinson had 13 and 10 rebounds, double-double. Barrett had 15. Grimes had 22, 6 for 9 from 3. And quickly 15 off the bench. But Billy Reinhardt posted this with Matt Brooks. So the Nets allowed 30-plus points in 12 of 16 quarters since the All-Star break and 27-plus points in 15 of 16. They can score. They can't get, they're not getting any sense of defense. Cam Johnson, 7-11 from 3 at 33. Bridges at 21. Dinwiddie at 11 points, 10 assists. And Cam Thomas, 15 off the bench. But you're giving up 142, 81 in the first half. You're not winning many games. Now, Carol. Carol always, you know, she's awesome. Carol, I, I when I talk about Carol, I was doing my show at FDU, what was 3 to 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And Carol was staying up to listen to it. Till you know, she it was destroying her day because she couldn't, he <laughs> couldn't sleep. I prepared forty hours a week for every show, three hours. I could play music whenever I wanted. I needed a break, but basically, I did three hours of radio with no audience, just talking. And it got to a point where you know it was destroying me, and uh, you know I kind of just you know I, I didn't see going anywhere. And Carol found me equipment, found me a a recording device, so I could do the podcast. Anytime I wanted. That ended, that that experience led to where I am right now doing show 1234. And she got me Roadcaster, and I never really set it up. So I finally set it up. And it changes everything. The, the sound is better. Everything's just better. It, it, it Everything flows. And Carol today, she texted me earlier today. And she goes, she goes, John, JD, JD. Well, it, yeah, she calls me, yeah, she can call me whatever she wants. <laughs> And she goes, watching baseball. And I'm like, oh, you're what, what, what are you watching? She goes, I'm watching the Boston-Philly game. No shift and pitch timing. I like what I see. Good game. The game is, the game is moving. I go, yeah, it's, it's moving. She goes, I go, that's great. So I want to know if he's a fan because Daniel, not Fort. These are, these are lifers. Now, Carol, Carol's been watching baseball. She, she went, she, I think she was a Pirates fan, she told me, growing up. And... She actually played in a softball league where she had to get on base. She slapped the ball. And it made me think of something. 
you know, she had a coach, like, no bullshit, because she was supposed to get on base because the women behind her were the power hitters and they were knocking her in. And she played in a league for money. It was a money league. And, uh, you know, it, it was serious. It was no bullshit. That's why I said, I said, was it a, you know, you socialize. She goes, no, no, no. You, you played the game and then afterward you went out and that's when you would, you know, you know, afterwards. But the game was serious, serious, serious stakes. You know, it was for money and she was a good player. Like, Carol was born... That if she was playing now, she would have been. She would have been a college. She would have been a college superstar. Carol is just. It's just it's, there's some people that are just athletes. Carol's athlete. She's had both hips replaced. Uh, it, it, it made me think of a story when. Well, let, let me finish what we're talking. So we. So I, I know I'm, I'm going off the rails a little bit. So I, she likes the changes, Daniel, and and she's a lifer, but she likes the game sped up. She said it was too slow. I brought up how Jeter every time he went out of the box, he'd he'd take his. His batting glove and Velcro, or as my mom says, Velcros, and take it on and off and everything. And, it, you know, it drives you crazy. It's just so goddamn slow. And that, she said it made her crazy, too. I think I, I like it better, f- faster. P- pit, you know, you only get one time out as a hitter. You got to come back in, so you got to think fast, react, and hit, which I like. And she said she's really, uh, she said she's really enjoying herself. You know, I, I didn't like the shift. I know you can hit to the opposite field, but I feel like, you know, it was either a home run or nothing for a lot of teams. And, you know, I, I don't even see, you know, I mean, they, what, they changed the mound in 67 because the pitchers were dominating. Dad check. The p- pitchers were dominating. So the pitchers were dominating. And, and you know, now they got to change it again because games are going down and, you know, they're, 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 what, 21 minutes, Stark said, under, there's some games, two and a half hours, and people, well, that's what baseball is. It's a drawn-out thing. It's an afternoon. You spend a lot of time. But is it going to get new fans in? I don't know. But, you know, if Carol's someone who is old school and can watch the game and be like, you know, hey, I like the changes right now, that's a good thing. I, I, I think that's a positive step in the new direction, in my opinion. We'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But, you know, so, so back to Carol. So, Carol, I, you, you know... She had a hip replaced, and Carol has a high, high, high pain threshold, like super high. And she, we went to a, we went to a, 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 a Liberty game, and she got great seats. We're like behind the bench, so we were literally we were on the Phoenix side because she she loves Tarasi, I love Tarasi, and we can see Tarasi. The coach is talking to her. She's like, they're like, she's like, shut the fuck up. I, you know, I'm playing. You, you know, the one assistant coach was trying to talk to her, and she was like, dude, you know, just take it that yeah. And it's interesting now because the the Mercury coach then is now the Liberty coach now. And I remember the pain she was in. So I got her gin and tonic because that was her drink. And that's funny, funny enough, it's Michigan's drink now. And Carol is the kind of person where most people's pain threshold would be, you know, when you get to a point, you know, you can't take it anymore. Carol goes beyond that like 3,000 times. And I remember that game, it was like she couldn't really enjoy it because she was in so much pain. So I said, Carol, we got to go this year to see them play because, you know, they got Brianna Stewart, they got Van Sloot, they got John Cole Jones, you got uh, Sabrina Ionescu. I mean, it's going to be, so we're going to go to Barclays, and I told Michigan she can come too, but really it's Carol and I. And also, I have a client, Fallon, who plays in a, in a women's basketball league on Sundays. And I told Carol, we got to go see a game. So Carol goes, it's too soon. The season just started last week. And I said, Fallon, can we, you know, it's a lot of, can we make noise you know, can we, can we be, and she goes, I'd expect nothing less. That's what I want. So that's going to be in the future. So I told Carol, she was going to start off the show. I got a little sidetracked, but I wanted to Carol. I'm like, Carol, you're, you're in the first 10 minutes. So, but all this is basically, I said, all I have now is because of her. I mean, 
I, I would have been at that, you know, maybe I would have just stopped doing it once I finished at the radio station. But Carol saw something to me and was like, you know, you got to keep doing this show. And, you know, it kind of took off. And there were some, I think there were times I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And, you know, and now it's just a thing. You know, I get material every day and I just go at it. And, you know, I actually, it's interesting enough that I got an email today and, you know, I sent it to my father and I sent it to Michigan. I sent it to my my uh, I sent it to my dad, Michigan, and, and Gubble Chef, who I trained today, about a company that wants to sponsor me. But the thing is, it is... The company is, I want to I make sure I have the name right here. I have to go through an orientation with BetStamp, the leading analysis and comparison tool for online sports bettors. They're featured in, on ESPN, CBC, and The Athletic. So they want to know if I'm interested, and I have to, uh, but that's the problem. I'd love to be sponsored, but it's gambling. And I'm not a fan, I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm okay with gambling, but I'm not a fan of gambling because I'm concerned about the kids getting so involved in something that, you know, they have no concept of money and they could get in such a bad hole and so many people, it's such an addiction that, you know, I know they always put the, the disclaimer that if you have a problem, call, no one calls, no one, no one does that shit. Like they do this, the shows about suicide. If you're dealing, you know, well, if you know someone, but if you're in it and I've been in, I've been suicidal, you're not, you're not asking for help. You're just in it and you're trying to, you're not really dealing with it in a lot of respects. And you don't feel like you can really talk anybody because you don't want to really burden anybody with that shit. And I think the same thing with gambling. When you're in it and you're in a hole like that, you just always think I'm going to bet more to, to get out of it. And as I talked about last show, that, what is it, 100 and, uh, 112 out of 113 months, Vegas has won, has made a profit. You're talking about one month during the right before the pandemic. They've won every month. The house always wins. So I, I got to think about this because I do want to get sponsored, but I also, you know, am I, am I being too righteous or something? But I also feel like, is this something I really want to, you know, I don't know. And then, and then today I got a call from Amy. Amy has listened to the podcast with Ari and I at least seven times, she said, which I was like, what? Seven times? And her husband Messier got on and he said, the one thing about Zegris is that he did play a year of, after... He he went to play some some program like a finish like a fifth year you know like people go for that postgraduate year and then he got picked up by the national team but Messier was telling me that basically everybody on that team that went to the yeah that went to the Olympics and they won the they won the they, right they won the Junior Olympics with Zegris they were all first round draft picks that's one thing he said that Ari got wrong but Ari was telling the story and everything and then Amy goes maybe you can get so Jared, Ari's brother, played with Zegris in high school. He said, maybe I can get them all on. I said, yeah, that'd, that'd be a coup. Well, you know, but that Amy listened to the show seven times, seven times already. She goes, I just love listening to it. That's a mom who loves her kids. So I'm going to try to get Ari and Jared on. I want to see if Jared listened to the show, and we'll see what happens going forward there. But yeah, Nick, seven in a row, unbelievable, man. I mean, if, wow. I mean, 81 in the first half, and I love Brunson wearing a cane jersey. So I said, Michigan, I, I should get one. And she goes, you're you're saying I should get you one. I go, well, no, not really. But so there was a t-shirt on sale last night for, and I love 88. I love that he's number 88. It feels like he's a wide receiver. So, and Ethan's going tonight, but Messier is not going. Tickets have to be going through the roof. So we'll watch that game tonight. And Mika had a power play goal yesterday. And they won. So the Rangers won 3-2 in overtime over the Flyers, who really suck. But Mika had a power play goal. He's now behind Dreisaitl with 
19. Drysaddle is 23. McDavid, I don't know if McDavid had a power play goal last night, but he's behind. And Tage Thompson from the Sabres are tied. So they were down 2-1 in the second. And the Flyers came into the game 1-6 in the last seven. Tarasenko, two assists, and then had the game-winning goal in overtime. And they got the win yesterday, 3-2, a nice win. Yeah, Tarasenko was playing great. And you could just tell how, even at the, so Kreider's always the last one on the ice when everybody leaves. I said, Michigan, why does that happen? She goes, it just does. That's just the thing. It's not a super, it's just the way it is. And uh, Kreider actually had his stick up and deflected it in a, a shot from Tarasenko, which I'm like, it's just amazing what these guys do with the stick, that they can just bring it up and get it and hit it a perfect way and it goes right in. Oh my God. And I, 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 I know today I feel like the ADD is kicking in, but Javi sent me a video of a guy doing a leg press and sharding his pants. And I had to send it. I said, that is the funniest goddamn thing. Guy was doing too much weight. And I'm like, I'm like, nope, I don't think that's ever, ever happened to me. I mean, I feel like I've, you know, but I'm like, no, no, but I just, it's hilarious. He goes, you know, that's happened. You know, people just, that's, the, I was telling Gubbleshef today with the Instagram, you know, there's people that you don't really see, but that you stay in touch with and you can talk to with, you know, you stay in touch with, with the Instagram. You send each other stupid videos and all that stuff. And, it, you know, it's just a way to keep it in touch with everybody. And so many people I've met, like Javi, I met through, I think, Twitter. And now we talk all the time because, you know, he's a Nets fan. He's a Yankee fan. I'm trying to get him on a show. But it's just like constant people send, Michigan sends me information all the time. Bumble sends me inf- inf- information all the time. So uh, Hal's always sending me stuff. Dom, I mean, there's guys always, you know, just, and talking about sports, like I want Dom on in the future. You know, he, he played high school football. He was a starting quarterback. I mean, guys, you know, that's a perspective. I didn't play. I didn't, you know, you know, you know, that you want to hear, you want to hear from an athlete's perspective, especially a quarterback. That's why I got to get Dom on because how much time during, in the pocket that you have time to actually make a play. Texas football was different than ours. I remember Tank, we went to high, we, I went to American with. Tank played high school football at in florida i'll never forget tank he was a monster he played wide receiver he would have been like a lineman at my high school and they had like they had film studied like the day after the game i mean it was intense like texas football it's there's not no way we can compare what i had growing up what they had and i had two kids who uh jim price and lester arkenbaugh that ended up going to the nfl and uh we had another uh oh my god hug sammy not sammy hug jerry jerry what was what was Jeff's Jeff Hugg's brother's name? I think Jerry. He went to uh, he was a high school all American and went to Penn State and didn't do much there. But this kid was going when D one like was like one of those recruited football players in the country. He was a dick, but he was a hell of a football player back then. Yeah, so yeah, that's that's yeah a lot of stuff in my head. Like I feel like I you know I feel like Gumbo Shift we worked out. And I'm like okay we got to get a show in. Let's get the show in. I've been doing shows. I did 26 and 28 days in February. It's like keep it going. You know now a guy wants to sponsor interested in me sponsoring, but it's a 45 minute phone call. What the hell? Maybe do the phone call. See what he has to say. But I'm a little apprehensive. The whole betting thing really gets me a little like eh, I'm not sure about that. KD last night 27 minutes 23 points last night for the. For the Suns, they beat Charlotte 105-91, ended a five-game winning streak for Charlotte. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, interesting thing about, you know, KD is that, you know, Monty Williams wants guys to play defense, you know, defense. And KD says, well, my defense boosts my offense, basically. And, you know, and he doesn't forget nothing, he says, by, you know, starting in Brooklyn, ended up with three. None of them guys give a shit. But they, you know, they're talking about how he just improved the team. I mean, Paul had 2.11 assists. 
Booker at 37. I mean, you know, so right now they're 34 and 29. And uh, yeah, Charlotte's done. I mean, LaMelo Ball's done for the other 20 and 44. But, and Oubre Jr. at 28. Mark Williams, who has, they got rid of Zeller. He's averaged 11 points. He had 11.7 rebounds last night for Charlotte. Celtics beat the Cavs 117-113. They're 45 and 18. Garland had 29. Donovan Mitchell had 44 for the Cavs. He's been having a, he can light up. But Tatum, 41 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Tatum is a man on a mission. He's even, you know, he should get garner some MVP, MVP votes this season. We'll see if that happens. Uh, SGA's been out with a sore ankle. Five straight losses, four without him, and they lost to the Lakers yesterday, 123-117. And there's tendon damage, they said, on LeBron. He's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. No AD last night. He sat out. Schroeder had 26. And Mo Bamba, first start as a Laker, 12.7 rebounds, and three three-pointers, most points in a game since December. Lakers are 30-33. and 33, Thunder are 28-34. and 34. But listen to this. The four-seed Suns are 34-29. The, the 13th seed is OKC. They are separated, the 4-13, to 13, by five and a half games. The Lakers are 11. So you're talking about the fourth and 13th seed, five and a half games. So anybody could go on a hot streak and catch them and we'll see what happens on that. And OKC, listen, they don't have SGA playing with a sore ankle right now. And he comes back, anything's possible. I mean, Josh Giddy last night had 22 points, nine rebounds, 11 assists. He's been playing very good ball this season. The Bucks won their 16th straight. They beat the Magic yesterday, 139-117. They're 45 and 17. The, the Magic fell to 26 and 37. Cole Anthony, the former Tar Heel, 28 points off the bench. Hey, Giannis only had 31.7 rebounds, six assists. 16 straight. 16 straight for the for the Bucks. Now, the, the thing is, you still have to play, what, they've played 60 games. I'm sorry, yeah, 45 and, yeah. No, I'm sorry, they're 45 and 17. They have, they've played 62 games, they got 20 left. And that's what they said too, that, like the Raptors are, you know, they got 19 games left and every game counts. I mean, it's basically they're playing playoff basketball right now. And the 4 through 13 are playing playoff basketball. Now, three weeks, you know, that's a lot of games to miss without LeBron. That's going to be, he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. So he could be done for the season. He might be back for the playoffs, but, you know, that, you know, I mean, that sucks. And, but they still weren't winning a lot of games with him, but that hurts for them right now. We'll see what happens. So the, the, the the Bama came back basketball seventeen down second half they beat the they beat their, their rivals in the Iron Bowl basketball game ninety eighty five they're twenty six and four sixteen and one and they're SEC regular season champs they the student section twenty four hundred seats they began lining up overnight for the game Coleman Coliseum there holds over fifteen thousand and Jeff Goodman said that he would raise his hands because that's what they did. the PR department told him. And he, he, I guess he went to ask a question about the murder, you know, and Brandon Miller and all that stuff. And he, they never, uh, Nate Oates, the coach ignored him. It's like, they're trying to like, uh, put blinders on, but it's not a good, it's, it's not good optics. And, you know, they're playing this great season and this, all this shit goes down. Like Jalen Carter posted bail was back at the combine for, from the kid from Georgia where he, he posted bail. I guess, you know, he said he, you know, he was back at the combine, but the thing is, you know, not you're not you're not guilty until until proven guilty. You know, right now it's just it's just uh, what people are thinking. But Jalen Carter, this is is going to hang over him, and 
you know, the thing is, it's he's going to drop in the draft, and then some team's going to get a player who is the number one pick in the draft, should be the number one pick in the draft, like um, Randy Moss dropped, and, you know, um, who was it with, with uh, uh, oh, there was rumors that Dan Marino was doing coke in college, he dropped, and some team is going to get a superstar in their hands, and we'll see what happens, you know. We'll see what happens with, you know, Carter too. And Clemson is playing UNC today in the second round of the ACC Women's Tournament. We'll see how that goes. And a huge game tonight. Michigan's at Illinois, I think, 8 o'clock tonight. Michigan's 17-12, 11-7 in the Big Ten. Illinois, 19-10, And, yeah, Michigan's going to have to get some wins. Just like UNC's big game Saturday, we're seeing how that's going to go. Because, you know, I mean, they're 17-12. Right now, they're not even, not even first four out. UNC's at least first four out. Michigan basically has to go on a run in the Big Ten tournament. They're going to have to win. Then they're going to have to win at Indiana. So that means that would get them to 19. And I'm not saying they're going to win both games. And then they got to make a dent in the tournament. I think realistically, I feel like 20 wins for Michigan to get into the tournament. And I don't even think, I think there's other teams ahead of them. So they might not even be able to do enough right now. I mean, they're, I mean, listen, they're 11 and 7 in the conference. But, you know, they haven't had a great season up and down. I mean, 12, that's a lot of losses, man. And, I, you know, I mean, you're going to let a team in with 13, 14, no. So they can't afford to lose any more games. I mean, maybe, one, well, they're going to lose unless they go all the way and get the automatic bid. But that's the thing. The, the Big Ten right now is very, you know, I mean, Purdue started off like, like a bat out of hell. Indiana just lost. Northwestern was playing well for a while. Rutgers was playing well for a while. They dropped off. You know, I mean, Ohio State was playing like shit. They won two in a row. Two in a row. I don't know if they're going to make any damage, but they could. And that's the thing with the tournament. Anything's possible, you know? So I don't feel like there's any clear cut. Like Alabama, I feel like, hasn't played their best basketball lately. They're going to go in the SEC tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if they got knocked out. Kentucky lost to Vanderbilt yesterday. The ACC, Pittsburgh could have locked it up, and they lost yesterday to in in Mike Bray's last game in Notre Dame. So that's uh, ACC, anything could happen. So there's a lot of conferences where, you know, Kansas, Texas lost yesterday. So Kansas is now the Big 12 regular season champ. But I wouldn't put Kansas as a team that I'm going to say is going to win the Big 12. I think every conference, there is no dominant team this year is what I'm saying. I think Bama has been up and down. Houston, I want to see how they play against better competition. You know, I mean, Kansas, the blue, you know, I mean, Kentucky, uh, you know, they say now that they're going to get back in. But UNC isn't even guaranteed a shot in the tournament. Uh, I want to see how Marquette can do because the Big East tournament is going to beat them up a little bit. Can they can they go in a six? It's because it's basically you got to go in a six game run, six game run. You can't have a day off, and we're going to see how that goes going forward. So it's going to be interesting, you know. I mean, I guess it's parity, but parity is good because there's no guarantee that you know. I'd love to see a Marquette make it to the Final Four. I'd love to see some some of the smaller schools have a shot to do something. I like to see Gonzaga get back again because everybody's down on Gonzaga. Well, they've been winning a lot of games. They beat St. Mary's. There's a chance they could go on a run. You know, I mean, that's the thing, too. You know, you want to see teams that, you know, you just got to get hot at the right time. UNC did not play great all season. They played five. They played five and a half great games. The problem was they did play six. But they played, you know, hey, they beat Duke twice. And they, you know, they got to the, and everybody clicked. That's a whole thing about Baycott. They said Baycott would be probably better for him to come back, get his NIL money instead of go and play overseas. He's not an NBA player, really can't shoot from the outside. He's more of an inside guy. He's not really NBA ready. COVID year, he's got another year. Leaky Black's done. R.J. Davis can come back. And Caleb Love, they all should come back. Because, you know, I mean, none of those guys right now are going to do anything in the NBA. Uh, Caleb Love, man, he's got to work on a shot, man. He really does. And R.J. Davis, 
Yeah, I mean, there's no point right now. I mean, I don't think any of the guys are dominating to the point where, you know, you're going to say, okay, go, go to the draft and, you know, make that money, which the money's not going to come. You're going to go play overseas. And why not stay at UNC and make serious money with the NIL and be treated like a king for another year? That's what I would do. But then you're, yeah, I mean, if you can make money in college, make money in college and make good money and you don't have to go anywhere, you don't have to travel overseas, you can see your family and everything, I, I would do it. So Connor McDavid, five consecutive multi-goal games. They won 5-2 over Toronto. He has 10 goals and six assists in the last five games. They only went three and two. He had two goals and assists last night. 52 goals, 66 assists on the season. Unbelievable. Five straight multi-goal games, which, wow, that's crazy. And Devils were up 5-1. They were down 6-5. They won in Colorado 7-5. Their 40th win of the season. And uh, Mercer for... The Devils had a goal and three assists, but almost blew that game. But that's a good win. 40 wins this season for the Devils. Nothing. And, and Devils, Devils-Rangers is going to be a hell of a playoff series if it happens. Now, this was crazy. They put out, the NFL Players Association put a poll out, anonymous with players. I think 12, 1,300 players responded to it. This is crazy. So now I, I, I know NFL players are making a lot of money, but if I'm, on, if I'm on the team facility and they have food there, I would think, okay, I'm, I'm at the team facility. I'm working out here. I'm doing my stuff. No. So if players would like dinner at, with Arizona, Michael Bildwell, they said, little cheap. Thank you, Josh Weinfuss, for this. It will be boxed for them. Players reported team will charge you via payroll deduction. They're apparently only the only NFL club to do this. If you work at the facility after season over, team charges you for every meal eaten in the facility. Apparently only team in the league to do this. So Jonathan Gannon's a new coach, and if he's hearing this shit, and you know NFL said they're gonna you know look in, look into what was done in the study, and they'll have their own, which is the bullshit answer to all that. But if I'm at the team facility, I'm working out here, which is what you want you to do, so you can keep a track of track of the person. And I, well, you know what? But this is what I'm thinking. Okay, maybe it's got to be reduced, right? Because because I know people who, you know, they have cafeterias at their places, and they have a reduced meal if you eat there. It just seems kind of interesting with these athletes that, you know, it's like you're in college, like you, you eat, they have a, they have a food hall and you get the food. And yeah, I, I feel like if you would make like to keep everybody, if you're the only team doing this in the NFL, it's not good optics at all. Not good at all. And Gannon's coming in now. He's got Kyler Murray. He's going to have to, he's going to be without for half the season. Is Colt McCoy starting quarterback. And then he's got to read this shit and be like, yeah, we, we got to change this. And Bidwell, your billion dollar owners, you can afford to, uh, you're taking it out of their pay. You're taking it out of their, out of their, out of their payroll, uh, yeah. And you're working out the facility, which is what you want them to do. So keep an eye on them, and you're charging them for that. I would think it would it would not help. It would not make people feel good about being with the team. That that's me. I, I would think I would think that wouldn't be. But I thought that was interesting. And they said the Saints can make an offer on Derek Carr soon. Panthers right now only two point three million over the cap, so they're not going to go after. They're not going. They can't afford Derek Carr. And they said that they might keep Darnold. Because Darnold, what, he's 89 in two years with Carolina, 16 touchdowns, 16 interceptions as a, you know, as a, like a backup and like a stopgap or like a, the guy to start the season until they get a quarterback. Lions plan to limit DeAndre Swift's workload because, you know, some of these guys you can't, that, that, that's, that's probably, that's what Dan Campbell's saying. We'll see about that. Niners veteran quarterback. I guess Joe Flacco might be going out to San Francisco. I mean, well, or... You know, there's a bunch of quarterbacks out there. Maybe Marcus Mariota, he can turn his career around. Maybe that's a, an option. And they said quarterbacks 
ready team, quarterback ready team, may wait on Caleb Williams and Drake May, who will be eligible for the 24 draft. And they, they are, which I kind of agree, are better than, well, I think Bryce Young is going to be a good quarterback. But C.J. Stroud, I'm, 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 up, I'm not 100% sure on. Will Levis, no. I'm, I, I don't, I, he hasn't shown me anything to where I'm like, I know he's got the size and everything, but that doesn't mean he's going to be. There's a lot of quarterbacks who have the look like a quarterback and, and don't play like a quarterback. And uh, Anthony Richardson's, uh, you know, they said could be a first, first pick of the draft for the fourth round. And, and Stetson Bennett who's a guy who might actually do might actually do better than a lot of these guys because you know he knows what he can do he knows his limitations and just and has played in the top games his whole career and won two straight natties so we'll see what happens on that front and Evan Ingram if they don't sign him a deal he'll get the franchise tag tight end former giant for the Jags 11.4 million dollars so either way I, I know that he'd rather have the long-term deal but that's that's a lot of shekels that's a lot of shekels yeah, so, and, and, oh, and, 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 and I listen to this. So Matthew Mayer, he, he won a natty at Baylor in 2021. He's been transferred to Illinois. Illinois has got the game against Michigan. He returned to practice Wednesday. He's been sick for the last few days because he had caffeine poisoning. He said, I had six monsters the day of the game. He had one before, I had five after because I like a caffeine-induced euphoria to play video games. And he said he could barely get out of bed the next day. It was basically like a caffeine hangover. So this is my first day practicing. He played Sunday against the dump, 11.3 rounds, two blocks with one monster drink. The game tipped off at noon so he could down five more monsters before and during what sounds like a video game marathon once he got back to Champagne. They didn't know what game he played. They don't know what he, how he did with the game. But, you know, they have a home game against Michigan tonight. And then before Sunday's finale at number five, Purdue, they're projected as NCAA tournament team but would, be, would do them well if they don't enter the tournament, they lost at the dump on Sunday on a three-game losing streak. He's averaging 13 points, five rebounds. Yeah. I, I read that. I was like, you need five months. I like to be in a caffeine-induced euphoria. When I, Listen, I think one of those, five of those, I'd be, six of those, I'd be like off the wall. So I guess he's going to switch from his euphoria and see what happens going forward. But I read that. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Is that true? So I read something interesting from... Sean Paul and Riley Davis about Baycott. So they're saying Baycott realistically makes more money at Carolina next season, or does he make it more playing in the G League or overseas? They said that, uh, I would bet staying in school nets a player, Baycott's caliber more money, but it's also, you know, if you want to move on. And, but Sean Paul said, you know, it's unlikely he gets drafted, not very quick, doesn't shoot it, and will struggle defending guards on switches to the NBA. He's a phenomenal college player who could win National Player of the Year if he returns next year. So he hasn't decided if Saturday against Duke is his last home game. But those are good points. You know, I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, and I mean, sometimes a guy wants to move on. He thinks he's done is all, he's can, all he can do. But he didn't win a championship. This year was a down year. Maybe he's going to come back pissed and he'll work on his game and realize, hey, I'm not going to be drafted. Do I just want to leave college when he's king of the hill here? I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I guess eventually you want to get out, but... You know, it's not like he's, he's not like teams are banging on his door to get him in the NBA. I thought those were very interesting points. So NHL, uh, this is from Molly. Oh my God, I forgot to write her name down. Molly, da, da, da. yeah, I already, I, I apologize. I'll find it later. But she talked about the Rangers and I thought this was kind of interesting. Per source, NHL found that the Rangers essentially created the emergency recall situation 
They were in a roster emergency with Lindgren injury and Miller suspension before acquiring Kane, but had accrued enough cap space at the time to address it by making regular recalls, she said with a question mark. Instead, Rangers told to address roster emergency by adding Kane and as a result, used all their cap space. Since they essentially put themselves in the man short situation by adding Kane, league did not approve Rangers for the emergency recall. So basically did they, but they let the trade happen. So, so what did, so basically she was questioning what they were saying about the Ranger. And I was like, I, and people were asking questions like, does this, how does this affect them? So I kind of wanted to send it to, I wanted to send this to Ari and ask Ari about it because I found it a little confusing. But the thing was, when I wrote it, I was like, God damn, I didn't, I didn't, I, I got to look it up later because that's what I wanted to ask. Are they going to get in trouble going forward for this? And it wasn't Maggie Hendricks. No, it was Molly. Yeah, it was a, yeah. And I wrote it down and I was like, oh, that's some good stuff. I love when they show, they show, oh, so Michigan is playing against Penn State. They're up 30-29. Wow. So Todd Sand, a former Pairs Olympic skater and now a Pairs skating coach, had a heart attack in Calgary where they're, while there for the World Junior Championships. That's, that's scary stuff. But yeah, Michigan, I was trying to find the information. Oh yeah, Michigan sent me something. We watched, we finished Alert and that show about, you know, with the special forces, both terrible. But I'll tell you, Poker Face, I watched the ninth episode, the most recent episode. Holy shit, was it good? Really good. Yeah, that was awesome. I was like, wow, that was, yeah. So I, I, I need to, I need to find, I, I got to find that thing again and I need to send it to, yeah, I need to send this to Ari and ask Ari what he thinks about this. Because I'm not up on all the things, so I was trying to, I'm not up on all this stuff, and I really wanted to get his opinion. And I was busy doing other stuff, and I was like, oh, God, I should have this. So I'll get on it, and I'll get a better answer next time. But I was kind of curious about this, too, because, you know, it's really tight with that salary cap, and you start doing stuff like that. But obviously, he's still coming to play for the Rangers, especially tonight, so we'll see what happens on that front. And... I'm trying to see, yeah, that was Baycott. And yeah, Jerry Richardson died in 86, sold the team in 2018 after workplace misconduct allegations, sold for a lot of money. And Kamara pleads, Alvin Kamara pleads not guilty in all charges stemming from assault, alleged assault in February 2022, trial set for July 31st. Uh, Haslam is stressed about the heat, says doesn't like, what he sees from his squad this season, I'm losing sleep at night. They got blown out last night by the Sixers. Not a good end. Rashad Bateman calls out Ravens GM Eric DaCosta for his comments about team's poor track record of drafting. He said, stop pointing the fingers at, uh, at the players. I was like, damn, dude. Yeah, you know, dude, you, you got you to gotta bring back Lamar Jackson. and that, 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 We got to get that freaking fixed. But stop, yeah, calling out the players. Detroit Mercy plays at number one Youngstown State tonight in the Horizon League. Antoine Davis needs 26 points to become the all-time leading scorer in NCAA men's basketball history. Olympic gold medalist and six-time world champion Brianna Decker announces a retirement today. USA women's hockey, congrats to her. I think that's awesome. And Dawson Mercer, seven-game goal-scoring streak. He is one away from tying the Devils franchise record scoring streak, which... 
uh, scoring streak. Mercer is one of seven skaters in franchise history to score nine plus goals and record five plus assists over a seven game span. All right. Congrats to him. Getting it done. Katie regrets nothing. Messi gave gold iPhones to all the Argentinian, Argentina players and staff who won the World Cup. Thanks. So Creed, we're going to see Creed 3 on Sunday. IMAX, it is almost $27 a ticket. Can you believe that? To go see a fucking movie. $27. We're going to see Creed 3 Sunday. We are going. We are. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, Giannis bought the Nashville's, bought into the Nashville Soccer Club a stake in the club. Congrats to him, man. That's awesome. I thought that was great. Yeah, and they said Jailhouse Rock, and then it said it's the Kane event tonight. I thought that was hilarious. The Kane event. Yeah, yeah. Sixers beat the Heat without Embiid, 119.96. Yeah, Haslam, I'd be, I'd be concerned too. They're not getting it done. Yeah, Devils came back. Good, nice going. 7-5. Austin Reeves had 19 points last night, four assists for the Lakers. Yeah. And Pelicans beat the Blazers. Pelicans came back, and uh, Lillard had 41. Brandon Ingram had 40. Yeah, and so the Knicks are now closer to the four seed. They're a game and a half behind Cleveland for the four seed, and they're two games up on the six seed Nets, and they could get even more. We'll see what happens on that front. And Kreider now is seventh all-time in goals. He's one behind Henry. for He is 255, and he's... He's seven behind the fifth most goals in Rangers franchise history. That's kind of crazy, right? That's nuts. Yeah. And also, they the Nets, Claxon, who only shot three for seven last night, is, is highest field goal percentage in a single season. Mitchell Robinson was at 74.2, but he only took 341 attempts. Claxon's at 71.4. He's attempted 438 shot attempts. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, so he's, he's a chance to top that. We'll see what happens going forward. All right, so the Knicks, someone uh, said, what did you, Brunson, they said, what did you say to Tibbs? I said some words that made him smile. Was your performance? He said, nah, he don't care about that. He cares about wins and how can we get better. That's all he cares about. That's all I care about. And R.J. Barrett talked about putting Eagles aside in the Knicks. He goes, we're winning. What's better than that? Everyone always says they want to be part of a winning team and stuff, and that's kind of what it looks like. Just a bunch of good players. You don't know whose night it's going to be on any given night. Thank you, Fred Katz. They are now, they, they're ranked since they went to a nine-man rotation on December 4th, 41 games ago. They're 27 and 14. First in offensive rating, first in point differential, which is plus 244. One, they're averaging 120.7 points a game and net rating 6.2. So a net rating measures a team's point differential per 100 possessions. And the Bulls have the best net rating by a team in a season with a 13.4 and 95-96 when they win the title. So, I mean, they're on a run right now. Thank you, Nick's Muse, for that. And, yeah, Monty Williams said, he said uh, after the game tonight, last night with KD, he said, has to be really, really good offensively to not talk about his defense. said KD was pretty good on defense tonight, and he, and he's all, and he always has tenacity on the ball. KD, KD said, I'm looking forward to adding that adding that to this team. I think I had value to a team with my defense. I think my defense always feeds into my offense. Thank you, Shane Young. 
And he said, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I, I miss being out on the floor and going over strategy and just talking with the guys, the camaraderie, all that stuff. I got good intentions and I want to do well out there. Yeah, all right. Listen, he, I mean, he, he likes playing ball, man. He even, talks, he even talked about when he was the Nets that he wanted to practice more. Listen, he's a, he's a basketball junkie. That's not a bad thing. I mean, he plays. I mean, when he, he's mesmerizing. Two years ago against the Bucks, that game, that game seven, he single-handedly almost won that goddamn game. I mean, he, he, it was magical to watch. You know, when you used to watch Jordan play, he is a hell of a basketball player. And Brunson is just playing lights out, man. I mean, he's got that, you know, people saying, oh, that, they overpaid for him. Dude is having a season. And I love what, so Michael Cage was a, was a rebounding machine. He used to be in the Clippers and everything. I remember when he played in the 80s. 80, yeah, he was, a, he was an 80s guy. He said, defenses don't stand a chance in this league. He's an analyst now for the Thunder. I totally agree on that front. And Matt Barnes said the percentage of NBA players smoking weed, high 60s, low 70s, now probably higher because they don't test for it. Yeah, wow. They were on the All the Smoke podcast. 60 to, I, I think that, well, we talk, I talked to somebody about that once. I said, how many people you think smoke weed? And they said, oh, that number's high. There's a lot of people who smoke weed. And I said, you know what? You got a point there. There's a lot of people. She said, she thought 80% of the people she knew smoked weed. A lot. I mean, I, I walked down the street yesterday, at least three to four people smoking weed. Just when I was running home yesterday from Linda, just like constant weed in my face. It's, it's, it's gross. So I talked about the March Madness. You got Houston, Kansas, Marquette, Purdue as a share, UCLA, Bama. That's in the American Athletic Conference, Big 12, Big East, Big 10, Purdue, Pac-12, UCLA, SEC, Bama. Pittsburgh, Miami, and Virginia. That's, it's really for seeding. Now, they lost. They were upset by the, as I said, North, uh, Notre Dame. So they're in a three-way tie with Miami, Virginia. UVA, they face Louisville. Louisville's 4-26. Jesus. And Pitt and Miami face off on Saturday. Virginia wins. The winner of the Pitt-Miami game will join them for a share of the ACC crowd. Crown, if UVA loses, the Pitt-Miami winner takes the conference outright. So TCU beat, TCU beat Texas yesterday. That was a bad loss for them. So they do not get a share of the title with Kansas. Second loss of the row in three and five games for Texas. Not good. And Vanderbilt beat Kentucky by two. And after the game, Jerry Stackhouse was in tears. And Xavier beat number 20 Providence by five. They were up big and they closed it at the end, but they couldn't get the win. And Mike Bray has 483 wins in 23 years with the Irish and he'll be coaching somewhere else. Tennessee lost point guard uh, Zakai Zeigler from Long Island, torn ACL, left knee Tuesday's win over Arkansas. He's out the rest of the season. He averaged 11 points, five assists, two steals. Sophomore Jemai Mayshak, he's going to fill in now. Last five games, eight points, three rebounds, three steals. They're 22 and eight, 11 and six. They, I'll tell you, they played Maryland early this season. I went with Arian and Messier. Their defense was stifling. And, and Maryland almost came back out the win. But that's the thing. Teams start off strong. It's how you finish the season. Doesn't matter how you how you start it, it's how you finish it. And uh, Chris Trapasso loves Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. He said he's a, reminds him a lot like Stefan Diggs. We'll see how that works out. How about Joe Montana? Joe Cool, jersey he wore in not one but two Super Bowl wins sold for one point two one two million, obliterating the record paid for a football jersey at auction. It was brokered through Collectibles Marketplace Golden. Previous record was 480000 for 
a 2021 jersey worn by Brady, also brokered by Golden. He first wore it, wore the now record-breaking jersey in Super Bowl 19. They beat they beat the 38-16 in Palo Alto over the Dolphins, 38-16. And then four years later, with the famous to drive 92 yards to beat the Bengals, 2016, which I always remember because I was in the I was on I was in the psychiatric ward at Morristown Memorial Hospital for a suicide attempt, and I I remember I, I said I have to watch the game, and I ordered a pizza, and I said I watched the whole game by myself. So every time I see the highlights of that game, where Taylor catches Johnny, where, where Taylor catches that touchdown catch at the end, where they already had a size in say I'm going to Disney World, and where where Montana said he looked in the stands, he goes, hey, there's John Candy. That's what I remember. So his wife had pulled the jersey from a scrapbook and packed it in his bag for, for, for the drive in Super Bowl 23, saying, maybe you want to wear it. She goes, you know, she packed it and said, maybe you want to wear it again. And crazy. Yeah. Wow. And his jersey from when they beat Super Bowl 24, when they beat the Broncos 55 tank went for $720,000. He also had a uniform he wore his final game with the Niners, sold for $232,000 and change. Signed up for his final game with the team, which he didn't play for over $121,000. The ball from his final Niners touchdown sold for $43,000. A Chiefs uniform from his final NFL game sold for $92,000. High school jersey sold for $36,000. His Pro Football Hall of Fame jacket for $36,000 and bust. So why would he get rid of all that stuff? His twice-signed inscribed Super Bowl twenty-three last drive playbook for over $10,000. So all told, including uh, Montana's game use and signed Notre Dame helmet from the Cotton Bowl from January 1st, 79, brought him more than $3.7 million. Okay. Okay, we'll see. I was just like, wow. So that was all interesting. Yeah, so I, did I need to talk about all that stuff? No, but I was kind of interested. And to think his wife had the wherewithal, took it out of a scrapbook, and he wore it twice that same jersey and had great, great games, both games. I mean, listen, I know he won seven. And I know, you know, Brady, but Montana was, and I was not an Irish fan. He was, he was, he was an awesome quarterback. God, was he good. That Those teams were phenomenal. They were, and the way, him and Rice, whew, damn, phenomenal. I love what Dan Campbell says about, you know, people talk about the combine. He says, you grade them off the tape. You don't grade them off somebody out in pajamas running the 40-yard dash with no defender around. Something to be said about that, you know? I always said, you know, you put kids in a dangerous situation, you let out a bunch of pit bulls and see how fast the kids can run a, run, a, run a mile. Yeah, they'd run it pretty fast. You get an angry dog, or, you know, put a shark in the water, see how fast he can swim. Yeah, you need, you need something to get. You need something. You need uh, motivation. Motivation. That's the word I use. Motivation. And the Colts could trade up for number one. Must know that, that there's no freaking doubt the guy that could go after Ballard, the GM says, Chris Ballard. Yeah, that goes without saying. Of course, yeah. I mean, of course. But we'll see. I mean, I, I, I kind of agree that if you can get by with a quarterback this year, and, uh, but that's the thing. That means you have to take a second year in a row. Some teams don't have that. They're, they need a quarterback. And next year, somebody's, it's going to fall in somebody's lap. We'll see what happens. And this is from Morning Blitz. I told you I love Morning Blitz. Michigan, Michigan defensive tackle Mozzie Smith is expected to weigh 335 at the combine today. Last summer in Ann Arbor, he posted an official 33-inch vertical jump, 9.5-foot broad jump, and a 4-4-1, 200-yard shuttle Garrett Wilson last year ran a 4.36 shuttle at the combine. A wide receiver. He ran a 4.41. He weighs 335 pounds. That's why college is not the pros. 
That's why Reggie Bush got to the pros and realized everybody's fast. You've got 335 pounds that fast running you down. I wouldn't want to be. Remember, I still remember watching pros versus Joes, and these guys are retired. They had football drills. Kevin Green, Jesus. The guy, didn't, guy, guy was done. He quit right off, the, right off the bat. I don't want to get hit by any of these guys. Are you kidding me? They beat the shit out of me. Oh, and uh, I got I to tape. I got to watch Kelsey in Senate Live this weekend. I have to. I got to see how that's going to that's gonna be hilarious. And uh, McCarthy ripped Kellen Moore, his former offensive coordinator, saying that he wanted to light up the scoreboard. He wanted to, you know, run the ball and rest the defense. You know, in all, you have to get first downs. You get first downs, clock runs, defense rests. We'll see what happens. But, you know, and St- Stephen Jones says about Dak Prescott, I've got all the faith in the world. He, we can win this thing with Dak. They asked him why, because we know him. We know what he's about. His leadership skills are undeniable, impeccable work ethic. Other than he hadn't won some key playoff He's won one. They, they never got past the they won one playoff game. That's it. He's everything you wanted a quarterback from the day he walked in the door. He's won a lot of games. We just have to get over the hump. He's going to make 49.2 against the cap this year, signed through 2024. But he says we got, we, we've got to have a plan in place to extend him because they can create up to $22 million in cap space. And Daniel, we talked about this, dude. I mean, is this the guy you want now around extended? Is he the guy that's going to take you to the promised land? I don't think so. I'm not, I'm, I'm not a fan. At Aloha Stadium, I saw a Pro Bowl there. There, The governor, Josh Green, said that they're going to have the stadium surrounded by housing and entertainment district for under $500 million. They're not going to have to, it's not going to cost taxpayers anything because they're going to get a signing. They're going to get a advertiser to help offset the costs. Yeah, and it could be used by children, high school students, concert goers, possibly attract international rugby and U.S. soccer. Uh, used to have the Pro Bowl, Hawaii football games there. It's supposed to be done by 2026. Corporate naming rights on a new stadium could help offset the price tag. I, I used to love the Pro Bowl there, man. I mean, it was like, and it was a vacation for everybody. Now with the new format and everything, I still have my, I still have my Pro Bowl t-shirt. I still do. I still do. Tyler Glass now for the Rays. Threw a fastball, oblique. He felt the left oblique strain. He's going to be shut down for at least six to nine weeks. Missed much of 2021, most of last year with Tommy John surgery. Rockies, how about this? Tuesday afternoon, second baseman Brendan Rodgers made a routine diving stop on a ground ball, and he he ends up that he is dislocated left shoulder, could be done for the year. This is a guy who is going into his, what was he going into? He was, yeah, played first full season starter while playing some excellent Defense at second last year. Got his first career gold glove. Fielding Bible Award, which I never heard of. And, you know, this is a guy that they thought was going to be, you know, he was playing good ball for them. And now he's could be out for the season. So the Fielding Bible is recognized as the best defensive player for each fielding position in Major League Baseball based on statistical analysis. John Dewan and Baseball Info Solutions conduct the annual selection process, which started in 2006. Yeah, so I was like, that sucks. So he got up and it ends up, he you know tore his shoulder up and it's probably done for the year. That really sucks, right? I mean, guys, you know, wins the gold glove and everything last year. Yeah, and then and then there's Ryan uh, McMahon who yeah, could fill in. They said for for uh, for uh, Rogers. So someone's gonna have to step up. 
And then Lucas uh, Gilbreth recently had an MR on his elbow and is facing Tommy John surgery. From May 14th to August 14th, EDRI of 1.35 over 34 appearances in 33 and a third innings. That's a guy. So, I mean, you know, this, yeah, that isn't good at all. Yeah. So, Rodgers hit the last two years 274 and had the best, had the best, uh, what's some wins above, win, wins above the win, win, you know, the, the wins above ratio, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm blanking out. Yeah. The wins above, of any Rocky the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And he was hoping to have a big, big year this year. That really sucks. Just reaches arbitration years. So that's going to cost him a lot of money, but he was wins above a replacement, the war guy, top guy on the Rockies and blue jackets. So Jonathan quick, who's been with the Kings, he's now a blue jacket. And I saw some trades. Uh, Philip Horonic got traded from the Red Wings. To Canucks. Both teams are at, Red Wings are like five points out of the wild. Well, Wild card and the Canucks aren't going anywhere, but they got they, they traded him and they got a first and second round pick from the Canucks. And both they, they I mean he was having a good season. He was but the, he was he's making four point four million in the and I think the Red Wings thought that after having thirty eight point six a game this season, he's only making four point four million. He's gonna go up enough and I guess they didn't feel me he was the guy in the future. So that's what they decided to do. But there were a bunch of trades and Ari, Ari and I will discuss it when he comes on because I don't have enough knowledge about these guys. I'll be honest. So I was kind of interested in that one trade I saw from the athletics. So I decided to talk about that PGA uh, tweaks to the 2024 schedule. There will be certain designated events that will have a reduced field as well as the elimination of the cut halfway through the event. After the first two rounds, the fields will be reduced at the designated events to between 70 and 78 players will not apply to the to majors, FedEx Cup tournament events, and the Players' Championship. Yeah, so usually they eliminate after 36 holes. They haven't, they haven't, PGA hasn't, hasn't made the changes public, but this is from Golf Week, which is part of USA Today Network. And, you know, you got LIV Golf, you know, there. So the minimum person at each of these designated events is going to be $20 million. So that's, hey, get rid of that. We'll see how that works out. And Red Bull won't sell their... Formula One team, which they've owned since the since the end of two five two thousand five season, they rebranded in two thousand twenty. But the reason why I wrote this down was because so Aston Martin more than doubled year over year pre tax losses to five hundred and ninety eight million in two thousand twenty two, but expects better profitability this year. The company which re entered Formula One in two thousand twenty one reported a twenty six percent increase in revenue to one point six seven billion. They announced plans last year to raise $663 million and change in a rights issue by leaning on existing investors, including Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, who has more, I mean, they just print money like it's water. I was like, good God, that is crazy. Wow. 22nd MLB strike at any. Wandy Peralta got out the side in 20 seconds. 20 seconds, it says here. 22nd inning? Wow. That's crazy. 20-second strikeout. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's... Baseball, hey, it's faster. Saquon Barkley will get tag, franchise tag, if, if, if Daniel Jones signs, which he doesn't want. LeBron tendon inj- injury. Did I miss anything else? No, Madrid. Yeah, that's... Okay, so... 
man eating McDonald's for 100 days to lose weight says it's absolutely working. Okay. Okay, good. Good for you. All right. So let me see. Did I miss anything else? Did I miss anything? I wanted to see if I missed anything on the athletic always gives me good stuff. Did I miss anything there? They want to get rid, get a deal done with Jackson before the track, uh, tag deadline. Best work, working conditions. I could talk about that one time, but I just feel like it's just interesting what they had to say about the best places to play. There were some teams that really, yeah, that some some teams had better working conditions, best worst. Yeah, Vikings, Dolphins voted for best working conditions, Commanders worst. You might want to steer clear the state of the Cardinals, Chargers, and Washington Commanders. Vikings, Dolphins, and Raiders may rank among the most desirable. Dan Snyder's just a douchebag. He's going to. So 1,300 of the 2,200 players took part in the confidential survey. But I love the NFL, NFL's response to it was like, oh, yeah, we welcome the player feedback. I look forward to reviewing the data from the NFL Players Association poll. On Monday, during joint NFL and NFLPA meetings in Indianapolis, we discussed the process by which we would conduct the next comprehensive player survey to continue to work together to improve players' experiences at NFL clubs. The NFL and the Players Association have a history of jointly commissioning an expert third party to conduct a scientifically rigorous survey of all NFL players on a variety of topics important to the players' experience, as outlined in our collective bargaining agreement. I just call bullshit on that front. Yeah, I'm like, shut the fuck up, guys. All right, so no basketball tonight for the Knicks or Nets. UNC is, oh, Michigan is playing right now. I was seeing of UNC win. I was trying to see Michigan right now. Michigan's up by one in the third quarter. So Got to get that game. Come on, guys. Get it done. Knicks are off tonight. Do they play tomorrow? Rangers play tonight. That's a big game. Nets at Celtics. Oof. And Knicks at Heat. Both winnable games. We'll see what happens. All right. Trivia questions. Trivia question from last show. Da-da-da. Okay. Last show's trivia question was a good one. Most points per game in a season by a Celtic. Larry Bird, 29.9 in 87-88. Now, Tatum, as of games played, 228-23 was averaging 30.1. No Celtic has averaged 30 points per game in a season. Never before. And I was like, Bird never averaged 30? I thought Bird averaged 30. I mean, 29.9 is basically 30, but it's not 30. It's 29.9. And right now, Jason Tatum would be the first Celtic ever in their illustrious career, in the illustrious franchise career, to have 30 points a game. And what happened 61 years ago today in NBA history that will never be broken? I mean, I, I thought I thought maybe, I thought maybe, we, nah. Well, Kobe, Kobe came kind of close, but not close enough. So I'm looking to see, will this ever be broken? Should be an easy question. All right, send my love to Michigan, my parents, Mrs. S. Hope everybody has a great day. Love you. Thanks for the stuff, Carol. Awesome stuff today. Amy, thanks for listening to the podcast. Ari, we got to get you on again. Go Rangers tonight. It's a, it's Patrick Kane night. We'll see Ethan, enjoy the game. Have a blast. Peace out, everybody. Have a great night. Talk to you soon. Adios.